Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. The Mueller Report on Capitol Hill. Well, your investigation is not a witch hunt, is it? It is not a witch hunt. This has been a... Very bad thing for our country. We saw a man who looked old and somewhat feeble and stumbling and not familiar with his own work and maybe not even in charge of his own work, which now leads to the question, well, if you weren't in charge, who was? I don't know that you can say it is a winner. I, I think the status quo was kept, and maybe that is a win for him. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. President Donald Trump celebrated Wednesday evening after Robert Mueller's testimony, telling attendees at a closed-door fundraiser in West Virginia that the former special counsel's appearance was a dud. Democrats took a different tack, of course, after Mueller's nearly seven hours of testimony, highlighting the aspects of his report that potentially damage Trump's re-election bid. House Republicans said Mueller's testimony uncovered no meaningful new information and contended it was time to move on. The testimony from Mueller seemed to be more about the questions than the answers. In fact, in most of the reporting on the day, it was the questions that were highlighted more than the answers. The president has repeatedly claimed that your report found there was no obstruction and that it completely and totally exonerated him. But that is not what your report said, is it? Correct. It is not what the report said. Well, your investigation is not a witch hunt, is it? It is not a witch hunt. If you want to hear it all, it's available, of course, at WBEN.com. But we'll sift through the reaction instead, and plenty of it. So we had a very good day today, the Republican Party, our country. President Trump immediately following the seven-hour saga. There was no defense of what Robert Mueller was trying to defend, in all fairness to Robert Mueller. Whether his performance was a bad one or a good one, I think everybody understands that. I think everybody understands what's going on. There was no defense to this ridiculous hoax, this witch hunt that's been going on for a long time. Pretty much from the time I came down on the escalator with our first lady. And it's a disgrace what happened. But I think today proved a lot to everybody. In fact, some of my biggest opponents wrote things today that I wouldn't have believed they would have written, and I appreciate that they did that. This has been a very bad thing for our country. And despite everything we've been through, it's been an incredible two and a half years for our country. The administration, our president, me, we've done a great job. We've got the strongest stock market, the best unemployment numbers, the most number of people ever working in the history of our country right now, almost 160 million. Our military has been rebuilt and getting even stronger. Uh, we've done a great job, and we've done it under this terrible, phony cloud, a phony cloud, that's all it was. And they should be ashamed of themselves, absolutely ashamed. And you know who knew it was a phony cloud more than anyone else was Schiff and Nadler and 
Schumer and Pelosi, every one of them, they all knew it was phony stuff. And you look at the polls. The polls are showing it maybe more than anybody else or anything else. And I've had my best polls, and I don't say why, but people see what's gone on in our country with this whole thing. I've been going through it for three years, for three years, all nonsense. So uh, this was a very big day for our country. This was a very big day for the Republican Party. And you could say it was a great day for me, but I don't even like to say that. It's great. I'll tell you what, I very much appreciate those incredible warriors that you watch today on television, Republicans, that defended something and defended something very powerful, very important, because they were really defending our country. More than anything else, they were defending our country. But they were warriors, and they've been warriors for a long time. And everybody knew it was a hoax, especially the Democrats. I wish we could be a fly on the wall in those rooms where the Democrats would go in and talk before and after meetings. And they'd be laughing and smiling and say, can you believe that we're getting away with this? But in the end, they didn't get away with it. Yeah. The opinion was kind of unanimous that, I mean, the adjectives used, disaster, your train wreck. Political strategist Carl Calabrese in studio with Susan Rose and Brian Mazurowski, joined in by UB political science contributor Jake Neuheisel. You know, it, it was bad. It was very, um, very partisan Democrats said it was bad. Uh, David Axelrod tweeted out, this is very, very painful. Um, Claire McCaskill, a former senator, uh, Roger um, Moore, what's his name, uh, uh, not Roger Moore. That it's uh, <laughs> not the actor. The the uh, movie guy uh, said this this was a disaster. So it it, it was tough to watch. Um, you know, you look. You think. Of, first of all, let's go back to what the goals were. And the goal was stated by the chairman of the committee, Jerry Nadler, very very clearly a couple of weeks ago. The goal was to move the American people towards impeachment because he said they're not there yet. So we're going to move them that way. And then he compared it to a book and he said, the fact is most Americans haven't read this 448-page book, otherwise known as the Mueller Report. So we're going to make it into a movie. And that'll get their attention. Well, if it was a movie, it got two thumbs down. There's no question about that. You know, it's funny you bring that up uh, right now, Carl, because it's one of the things I think we talked uh, with both of you about earlier this week was one of the goals, you're not going to get Mueller to uh, go off uh, the book, so to speak, to uh, talk and uh, kind of uh, go and say something more than what was in the report. But maybe you can get him to read the report, and there you have a nice soundbite to play for a while. I thought it was notable that when he was asked to read from the report, he said, well, why don't you read that part out loud, right, Jacob, to uh, some of the people asking those questions? Absolutely. I, I don't think he wanted to be in that position. He didn't want to be made into a soundbite. You know, I'm reading something into Mueller's mind, which I probably shouldn't be doing, but uh, it was theater, as we talked about, and it was certainly, the goal was to maybe not even just get the American people on board with impeachment, but also just to get the Democratic caucus in line with it and get some of those maybe marginal Democrats to go, okay, there's a case to be made here, and, and maybe I could survive a re-election bid, even if I support this. You know, let's talk, again, let's talk about the optics. And I had this idea or this vision in my mind yesterday as I was listening to this. Let's go back to the Iran-Contra affair. And one of the blockbuster hearings of that whole episode was when Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North went to Congress to testify in front of a committee. He went without a lawyer. 
He went in his Marine uniform, his chest full of awards, commendations, and medals. And he, with his you know, jaw jutted out, took on Congress. And that was the optic. That was, nobody remembers who said what, what the, what the members of Congress said, what he said. All everybody remembers was the optics, that this guy looked so strong didn't back down, took on these, these elected officials, these politicians. And that was it. That was pretty much the end of it. Yesterday's optics were exactly the opposite. We saw a man who looked old and somewhat feeble and stumbling and not familiar with his own work and maybe not even in charge of his own work, which now leads to the question, well, if you weren't in charge, who was? And that's going to be the next path here. And I'm, I, I, think, I, I think most people think that it was this Andrew Weissman a very partisan Democrat, a contributor to Democrats, a guy who actually went to the Hillary Clinton so-called election uh, victory party uh, on election night. I cannot understand how a lawyer in his position in the government would go to such a high-visibility partisan affair and not expect to be criticized for it. So I think that's going to be the next track here. Who was in charge of this thing? When, you, when you're talking about those optics, though, that can't happen. You, you can't look like you're taking on Congress, like you're taking a tough stand when on the other side of the bench, I don't think people are taking Congress as seriously like they did back then because they look at them as a bunch of spinsters right. and partisans. No, uh, public approval of Congress is in in the tank. Um, <laughs> the PPP is a polling firm, and they they do these I, I call them troll polls, but they're um, funny polls that they put on otherwise serious polls. And one of the things they did was you know Congress compared to other unsavory things. It was like Nickelback is more favorable than Congress, and so you know those kinds of things that don't help with that image of Congress as a grandstanding institution. It, it was the ultimate spin zone yesterday. Uh, winners and losers. Who would you put in either category, Carl? Uh, lots of Donald Trump, certainly. Donald Trump was a big winner. Uh, many people said last night on the different commentary shows, Nancy Pelosi, because Nancy Pelosi does not want impeachment. She does not want to go down that road. And this may have put the kibosh to the impeachment, although I don't think it's going to put the kibosh to the investigation of Trump, his family, his taxes, uh, all kinds of other things, um, which still is a problem for the Democrats. But uh, those two were certainly winners. Um, Obviously, the biggest loser was was Bob Mueller, who came into this thing as almost a demigod in terms of reputation. And what people saw yesterday, he should never have been on that stand. We talked yesterday, Susan, about how the Democrats actually were prepping and doing mock hearings. Well, they prepared for everything but their witness, which I'm not a lawyer, but I guess one of the basic rules of being a lawyer is know your witness before you put him up on know the stand. Know what he's going to say, absolutely. Yeah. So that was huge. Would you agree, Jacob, that the president's a winner? Because I, I look at him and say I don't think he is a winner or a loser. I think he's unchanged. Right. I I don't know that you can say it as a winner. I, I think the status quo was kept, and maybe that is a win for him. Um, and so in that perspective, um, perhaps, uh, I don't know that you could have watched any of the, the excerpts that the Democrats were pulling out and say that looked good for him. But it's, it's kind of old news, and again, the audience that they're speaking to has already made up their minds. And so in that respect, maybe uh, a holding the line was, was something of a win. You know, just to go back to something Jacob said about Congress's approval being in the tank, as of today, the latest Gallup poll has congressional approval of 17%. So, yeah, that, that's the Is tank. that not good? What happens next? This is over now. What, what's next? What's next? I, I think 
as I said, I think the Democrats are going to continue down the investigatory path. Uh, they're going to use all their committees to continue to subpoena people and investigate people. And that's a problem for them uh, because the more they're talking about investigating Trump, the less they're talking about the agenda they promised the American people when they took back Congress. Add to that the what now is called the AOC plus three group dominating the headlines. Uh, that's got to make Democrat leadership very antsy going into the next election to be to be going in that election with the primary issues being investigating Trump and AOC and her group just spouting all kinds of outlandish radical stuff that Trump just jumps on and has a field day with. So that's that's their dilemma right now. After yesterday, Jacob, you know, going forward to some of the debates, uh, the one, you know, or two, I should say, a debate with the Democrats coming up, 20 of them, 10 on two different nights. Is it wise for any of them to now go back to Mueller after what we've seen yesterday to kind of point that out, to bring up the Mueller report as part of their case? I think some of them already are. I, mean, I've, I saw an ad from Kamala Harris um, who was right out there with a, we need to make a case for impeachment. This is what we need to do. Um, by the way, donate to my campaign. And so <laughs> I think that, that some of them certainly will use that as a bit of a pivot point during the debates to say, look, I'm in on impeachment and then perhaps put some of the more moderate Democrats in a difficult position. Let's bring up impeachment, the di impeachment discussion. Has that moved at all since these hearings yesterday, Jacob? Perhaps a little bit uh, among some of the Democrats who might have been wavering. However, I, I still uh, don't think that the full-blown uh, impeachment proceedings are very likely. And that's because uh, Democrats know that a conviction and removal is all but impossible right now. And so you know, why would they spend time and resources um, talking about something that's contentious and divisive when they could be talking about their agenda if they know that the end game isn't going to be what they ultimately want? And effectively, you know, Trump's going to be able to run out the clock until the end of his term anyways. And so uh, I think that maybe the dial has moved a little bit closer to that with some wavering Democrats, but I, I still think that leadership is, is playing things down the game tree. Yeah, For some Democrats, though, Carl, uh, impeachment, they don't need it to actually happen. They just need the word to be kind of floated out there, and that's what they want to keep in the headlines. Right. And if you watched uh, some news last night, you saw that some of the major presidential candidates are still talking about it. Kamala Harris, uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren all talked about it yesterday that we've got to move towards impeachment. And again, that's the problem. You now have a group of people running for president on the Democrat ticket that if that's what they're talking about, that's what's going to get reported. And so that's, it's not going to go away. It's going to continue to be the red meat for that part of the Democrat Party that, that really wants impeachment. Probably 25 or 30 percent of the, of the party wants that really bad. It's a minority, but it's a very vocal minority within the party. So now we all wonder, what's next? That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 